welcome back to the Thumbs Up Podcast with Chad and Megan. How are you, Chad? I'm good. I am doing great. Uh, today's been a good day. Yeah. Well, we'd like to start off by saying thank you to everybody who listened to our first episode. Yes, that was that was really exciting to see all the analytics come in and see, you know, who our listeners are and um thank you all. It was uh really fun recording the first show, first yeah. episode. So uh, I'm really it's, excited. It's only up from here. Uh, it's only up from here. We got the first one out. The jitters are out the way. Like We're already upgrading to not only being on Spotify, but we're also going to be on Apple Podcast. Eventually. That's once we win. work that out. We're already on Amazon. Amazon. We're already on Amazon. So if you are listening or want to listen on Amazon, and that's a better way for you, go there. Um, but Megan... Yeah. Last week, you know, it's just kind of a little opener episode, something mm-hmm. fun, something slight. Mm-hmm. Um, just for us to, you know, talk and have fun, ask some silly questions, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, apparently, we made a couple of our Android listeners mad. Yeah. You shouldn't offend the Android users. Those green messages were coming through and they were angry. They were, yeah, they were not good. All of our friends who listened on an Android, uh, I publicly apologize. Thank you. I'm glad you can recognize that. Yeah, absolutely. We love everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Even the Android users. But being that that was last week, this week we have a totally new discussion and topic. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we get into that, Mm -hmm. I do have a question for you. Yeah. Money's not an issue. Okay. We can move anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. Where are we moving? I personally think, and maybe this is just because I'm a creature of habit and I don't want to go anywhere that I'm not familiar with, but I think I would want to live in seaside Florida on the beach. Not a fan of sand. I know you're not, but I love the beach. I would go every day. Me and Bennett would just be swimming in the ocean, making sandcastles, riding our bikes to get some ice cream and some food from food trucks. Sometimes they have live music. We'd never be cold. It'd be great. That would be really cool, um, but not my ideal. But let's let's dream for a second. Mm Mm-hmm. What kind of house would we be living in? Well, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, The Last Song. Oh, you know I have. I've only seen it probably like 30 times, you know, nothing crazy. (laughs) But they live in a house directly on the beach. And that would be my dream. So that's your like ideal like living situation. Yeah, just right on the beach. Why? Just step out into the fresh sand, the Mm. fresh white sand. And another thing from the last song, this is like my ultimate dream one day, is to witness baby sea turtles hatching and crawling out to the sea. So the only time I ever think of sea turtles, I just think of Nemo. Right, but in the last song, they have this moment where they watch the sea turtles hatch And that's just something I've always thought would be so cool to see. 
Sea turtles are cute. Yeah. I think I think sea turtles are really cute. We could keep one. No. You know, like something crazy, like only like this is wrong, but like only like five of the hundred survive till adulthood or something like that. Like they That's get eaten by bigger fish or like can't provide for themselves. That's a That's crazy, crazy. St- like crazy statistic. I know. So my answer to this question, okay, yeah, let's is hear solely based on food. Okay. Does that make sense to you? Yep, not shocking one bit. All right, so Italy. Okay. Authentic Italian food okay. every day. Authentic Alfredo, authentic spaghetti, authentic pizza, authentic carbonara, like. Are you just saying that because we had spaghetti for dinner? Not at all. Okay. So, no, I, I just genuinely want, like, authentic Italian food. I just think that'd be so cool. Yeah. And, like, you can live on the water in Italy, like, the southern part of Italy mm, on the water. This is a little different. <laughs> you may be a little bit, but. It's probably beautiful. I honestly have no knowledge of Italy or anything like that. The only knowledge I have of Italy is they got good food and it's shaped like a boot. Okay. Well, you know more than me. So if we got any listeners from Italy one day that come back and listen to this episode, just know I want to move there. Hit us up. Hit us Give up. Give us a free place to stay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, something we, I feel like I just learned something about you. Yeah. That's I, cool. But, I mean, is it really that shocking? Like, we both l- really love Olive Garden. Oh, my gosh. We love us some Olive Garden for real. <laughs> Bring me the breadsticks. Bring them to me. Yeah. We need to go back. Um, Olive Garden's cool. Um, so today we are talking about our stories, our testimonies mm-hmm. from, well, what, we're going to, we're going to do talk about yours first. Right. But we're going to start from like a, a point we think is important mm-hmm. up until our salvation. Yeah. So, but why let's tell the listeners why, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's important for you guys to know us to some extent right like mm-hmm. if we're going to be giving you or you know at least throwing out there advice mm-hmm. for life and parenting and for our students like to listen and, and learn from our mistakes it's kind of important that you know <laughs> what our mistakes were you know about us yeah right and uh you know i always think a testimony is powerful right and if someone can take something from this i think that's a win so i guess why well, guarantee someone can take something from your story? I'll just say that. Oh, that's the that's the prayer. That's the hope. All right, um, let's hear it. It's so a I wild get, one. We're just jumping in. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, I guess I'll start from when I was young. Mm-hmm. I was probably I was probably around seven or eight when all this started. But, mm-hmm. um, I have an older brother who is autistic, and my mom pulled us both out of elementary school to to homeschool. Well, I say I was in elementary. He was probably starting middle school. He's six years older than I am. Mm-hmm. So when he wouldn't understand something, I would have to teach it to him. And if he still didn't get it, my mom would take a lot of things out on me. So she'd get uh, physical with me, verbally abusive, and mm-hmm. and all sorts of things. So I, I, I grew up in a very hostile environment at home. Yeah. You but left out one important detail, though. What's the important detail? Where are you from, babe? 
Oh man, I'm from good old Bayou La Battery. Bayou, not ba- Bayou. I mean, if you're a native, this is a hot take. If you're a native, you do not say Bayou. <laughs> I do though. Bayou La Battery, okay. but you're not a native. No, I'm you're not. from Florida. But I have seen the shrimp boats. You have seen the shrimp boats. Took me on a little date there. Wooed me with that shrimp smell. <laughs> Wooed you with the smell of fresh fish and oysters. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, but if you're a native, it's Bayou La Battery. So that's in. It's very, very southern part of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're from like Dolphin Island or anything, we're not that far down, obviously. If you know, if you know the area, but if you've seen Forrest Gump, he's talked about Bayou La Battery shrimp boats. That's where the, that mm-hmm. that's from. Bubba Gump. Bubba Gump. Um, but yeah, so growing up, hostile environment. Um, mm-hmm. But I had a little bit of a getaway, and I didn't understand how much of a seed this was planting at the time. But yeah. Um, there was a church van that would come and pick me up mm-hmm. on Sundays and Wednesdays. So I would get a getaway from this environment mm-hmm. um, for about, I, pro- prob- I probably got away for about three and a half, four hours a week. Okay. Right. So other than schooling and stuff like that was my getaway. Yeah. So growing up in that was kind of tough uh, mentally, emotionally. Like I grew up not really having many emotions because I just had to toughen up. Um, but fast forward a little bit, I get into middle school. And so middle school, middle school was uh, interesting because the first year of middle school, I was still going to this church, but I got into a, a really bad crowd, really rough crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, I made some really good friends too, like, yeah. but I got into some, into a crowd with some shady people mm-hmm. and uh, my... I want to say tail end of my eighth grade year, I started like selling drugs <laughs> and Oh. Yeah, so it it, it literally went zero to a hundred so so quickly. Let me just tell the people something about you. It's something I admire, but it's also something that is kind of funny. So you're not afraid to just tell people this is where I've been, this is what I did, and this is how God saved me. And when you told my mom when we were dating that you used to be a drug dealer, it didn't go over too well. <laughs> no, but I was also way too young to be in any of this. Like I should, I should have been, you know, I should, I should not have been in any of this. Right. Like how old were you when you started? Man, 13. That's wild. <laughs> I think I was still probably watching like cartoons or something at 13. Oh, uh, 100%. There's two types of people in this world. What? Children who watch cartoons and children who are hood rats. Oh, and okay. I was the latter. Okay. But so in eighth grade, I started selling drugs. You know, obviously neither of my parents knew about this, but, and I didn't know what was going on behind the scenes with my parents, my mom and my dad. They were actually going through some marital issues. And mm-hmm. uh, so eighth grade up to ninth grade, was just just being shady, just super super shady, and you know it started taking taking a toll on me because I didn't want to get caught. Yeah, I was anxious. I was kind of depressed about you know everything. I was having to hide it. And then my parents, my first day of freshman year, my mom actually pulls me out of school to tell me that my parents are divorcing. You have bad first days of school, babe. I'm I know, man. This That's was a, the. I didn't even make it to the second period of the day. This was first block. They were taking attendance, and as they were taking attendance, I got called out. The story about your dog is for another day, but let's just say 
Chad has bad first days of school. Sad. I'm, I'm glad I'm not in school anymore. All right. Continue. So I get called out of class. I get in my mom's truck at the time, and she says, hey, I'm leaving your dad. Are you going to come with me? All my stuff's in the truck. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, she said, make a decision. So I made a decision. A decision. I said, I'm going to stay with my dad. Mm-hmm. She drops me off, throws all my stuff out the truck, peels off, and you know, I'm staying with my dad. Like, that's my decision. Me and my dad were, had a really good relationship. And this is, like, the house you grew up in. Yeah, right? I've, I li- I've lived in this house my entire life. Yeah. Like, logically, at that age, I was like, I'm not switching up my entire life. And I think it's important to know your brother left Yeah, with my mom. brother went with my mom. So that was sad for you, too. Yeah, it was, because we were close, too. Um, But anyway... You know, I'm just, at this point, I'm sad. I'm anxious. I'm trying not to get caught doing these shady things. I'm trying to help support my dad and support me emotionally through this divorce and not having, you know, my mom in the home, Um, which sounds weird considering, you know, the hostile environment that she created. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, that's your mom. Yeah. So that's that's how I felt. Um, But, you know, I was just depressed. I was sad. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to go through at a young age, and, and you were uh, eating McDonald's like every day. Oh yeah, that probably could not have helped your mental health. Oh no, There's probably some studies on that. That definitely did not help. Oh, absolutely not. But it was delicious. <laughs> oh, okay. maybe not nutritious, but it was delicious. <laughs> okay. Um. So I mean, fast forward a little bit. Fast forward to February of freshman year. So coming up on the tail end of freshman year. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still going through all the back and forth with the divorce and it's not quite finalized yet, but I'm living with my dad and I'm kind of just over life. Like I've still been doing shady things. I'm, I'm again, trying to support my dad, trying to support me. I didn't really care about grades and stuff, so I was Mm -hmm. failing everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember I got home from school on a Wednesday night, I mean, a a Wednesday afternoon and Mm -hmm. I had made up my mind that I was going to end my life. Like I was having these thoughts prior for months and that's I, sad. Yeah. I kind of just, I, I just reached a breaking point and you know, I, I didn't tell anybody I was going to do it. I was just going to do it. And I yeah. written out a note for my dad when I got home from school that day. And I remember dotting it, like putting the period at the end of the, the final sentence. I don't know why I cared so much about punctuation in the moment, like, <laughs> but I, I, I did. And, uh, I, I put the period on the suicide note and got a knock on my door from my best friend at the time. Mm-hmm. And he says, Hey, I just, I just felt like inviting you to church. Would you like to come with me? And I, I initially told him, no, I was like, not happening, dude. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to go to church with you. Yeah. And he was like, but we have a basketball court. And I was immediately sold. Like, he should have leaned in with that first, you yeah. know? So I tell people all the time, like, like God used basketball to save my life because I would not have gone to church that night if it wasn't for basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so cool because now your son is obsessed with basketball. He loves basketball now. Um, So play basketball. I'm having a great time. And then... Uh, they call us up for service and you know mm-hmm. the worship team's playing and I don't care <laughs> yeah like I do not care about what's going on with the worship team at the moment mm-hmm. and then the do message starts do you remember starts. like what song oh, or no, anything oh no absolutely not I don't remember any of the music yeah 
but the the youth pastor steps up and he starts mm-hmm. preaching and I couldn't tell you what he was talking about. I wasn't really paying attention. I didn't mm-hmm. care. I didn't want to be there for that. Yeah. I wanted to go back and play basketball then go home and mm-hmm. and uh yeah. <laughs> so he stops his message. And like it was one of those things like when someone has a train of thought and they stop abruptly to talk about something else like it just catches your attention. Yeah. And he started talking. He said, "Hey, I don't know who you are, but someone in this room, you just wrote out your suicide note and God's got more for you. Wow. And I was blown away. Yeah. And it was like, it was like my legs carried me up there to the altar to get Mm -hmm. prayed for. And I was flabbergasted. I was Mm -hmm. so amazed in that moment at God and what was going on and, I prayed right then for Jesus to to save my life, to save my soul. I asked for Jesus mm-hmm. to come into my heart, and uh, I repented of my sins. It was like a full 180, like overnight. It was so crazy. I love that. The I went home. I flushed all of my uh, inventory, mm-hmm. uh, all of my drugs. I got rid of, flushed them the next <laughs> <Inventory>. day. <laughs> The next day, I, out the shop. <laughs> I know the next day I bumped into one of the shady friends and uh, he offered me drugs. And it was the first time in my life that I felt conviction. Mm. And I told him, I can't be friends with you anymore. And wow. I had to tell that to a lot of different people. I was, I was a lonely sophomore year going into sophomore year. I, I don't think I really had anybody except I, for the guy that invited me to church. I think this is important for people listening to hear is. You know, sometimes you have to tell people no. You have to distance yourself from people to get to the place where you need to be. And I just really admire you for recognizing that at such a young age because I don't think I would have been that wise or that strong at that age. Oh, it was it was not easy at all because, you know, these are people that up to this point, like if played like a like we were all friends like we were all shady and stuff but we were all friends like I knew these people very well but I had to get away from that life Mm -hmm. if I I knew that I was going to pursue Jesus Mm. like if Jesus can give some random guy that I've (laughs) never met insight on what's going on in my heart yeah and then speak that out publicly. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know about the God that can do that. Right. Yeah, so I started amazing. diving into my Bible. I started, I dropped all these friends. Mm-hmm. I stopped doing the things that I was doing. And I started caring about my grades because, you know, Jesus calls us to, to put effort into everything. Yeah. Like he wants us to, to pursue this life for him with excellence mm-hmm. and that included my school and my grades and I had a 1.5 GPA <laughs> at the end of my crazy. freshman year and I pulled it up to like I think it was like a 3.3 unweighted or oh something like gosh. that weighted it was like a 3.0 I would literally cry myself to sleep every night if my GPA was that bad oh it was terrible <laughs> it was terrible um I just but did, that just shows you know when you're in the dark when you're not saved you know yeah you just don't care you don't know what you don't know and you're missing out on so many things yeah and you know it was just a it was a beautiful a beautiful revelation yeah um god really picked you up and turned you around set my feet on solid ground (laughs) yeah but (laughs) i'm just saying you know 
I feel like God really just set a different trajectory for your whole entire life. He set you on a new path. And I love that scripture where it says, you know, you will um, light my path and be a lamp to my feet. And like he completely lit up a whole new future for you and guided you along the way. And I just think that's so beautiful and encouraging for people to hear because... You know, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be together. We wouldn't have a family if it wasn't for God stepping in and really just saving you. Yeah. And even even being here at the church, like, through my salvation in that moment, the very next week I got kidnapped into being uh, a worship leader for the youth team. Not really kidnapped. I mean, kind of. The, the guy, so the guy that invited me to church shows up at my house again the next week on like a Tuesday night because they have practice the day before. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, uh, I'm going to the church for something. He never told me what it was. Mm-hmm. And he's like, come with me. I was like, okay, cool, I'll, sure. And uh, we get up there and he's like, all right, congratulations. You're now going to sing for the worship team, for the youth team. And I was like, I don't know anything. <laughs> I just got saved. This is not a smart idea. Yeah. But that pushed me to really love worship and learn what worship was. Yeah. And now here I am getting to pour into students and and getting to lead worship and getting to lead worship and, and know what it means. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's and been, just worship God. Yeah. That that's a privilege, but it's been, it's been awesome. I think that the journey has been so cool. And for those of you out there who are listening and you think, you know, I'm at the end of my rope, I'm, I can't go any further. I can't, Yeah. I can't make it. You can, mm-hmm. if you lean into Jesus, if you call out to Jesus, he will save you. He will yeah. pick you up genuinely mm-hmm. and rescue you. That's beautiful. You know, in, in that moment, that's what I needed. I needed someone to rescue me. And there's people that are listening right now. You need Jesus to rescue you. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage you to cry out to God and, and ask for the creator of the universe to save your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've seen both sides and you know which one's better. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's life not, with Jesus is just better. Absolutely. And it's can't not even that, describe it. It's not that you don't it doesn't come with your, your the temptations, right? Like, yeah, and the like hardships. You're never going to not be tempted. Like you're always going to have something that is in your way tempting you. But. The fact that you can lean into Jesus because you mm-hmm. know he is greater than what's tempting you yeah. can really push you and get you through that. Yeah. Um, it's a good story, babe. God's good. I love your story. God is. I love that you get to be my husband because Aww. God saved you. Look at you being all sweet. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, God's been good to me. Yeah. Um. Even in the little things, which sometimes I think oh my gosh. annoys Chad you that things just so, work out. I always say Chad gets so lucky, and he always likes to remind me I'm not lucky, I'm blessed. But he gets so blessed, even in the smallest little funny things that just randomly happen to him. Like if I want something to be taken care of, I just send him because I know God's just going to work it out. God's got my back, bro. He does. And he can have your back. Tell him about when we moved to Georgia. Oh, yeah. So we were literally on the way here trying to get our renter's insurance figured out. 
and we finally did, but our renter's insurance didn't send over to our rental company. No, no, no. This is not what happened. What are you talking about? What happened was they said, yeah, y'all are good to move in. And then on the way there, they said, oh, never mind. You need renter's right. insurance. Right. So we're, we got, we're getting all that worked out on the way. Yes. And Poor communication. I'm renters, still mad about it. The renter's insurance, <laughs> obviously. The renter's insurance didn't send them the information right away. Yeah. So like we, we get to the house that we're dumb, renting, dumb but they won't let us in the house. Yeah. Because... And we our, have people coming over to move us in. Like, that's so embarrassing. Right. We have the people from the church staff from like the i've never even met them and i'm like oh sorry thanks for coming we can't get in <laughs> but um we pull up and they won't let us in or they told us they won't let us in but when we pull up there's a maintenance guy mm-hmm. so i just get out and i start talking to the maintenance guy <laughs> yeah. you know megan's megan's upset she's really got to use the bathroom she's frustrated at the the rental company and uh I Which say, this should be another episode. That was the start of a horrible <laughs> rental journey. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll but talk about that some other time. With the maintenance guy. So we we just get to talking, and he's like, "Oh, so y'all are going to be renting this house?" I said, "Yeah, we don't have the combination to our lockbox yet, though, to get in." He said, "Oh, your combination is so and so." He just, said it's the last four digits yeah, of your just, phone number. Just gave us the combination, and we were like, we're like "Oh, oh, well, that's easy." Say less. So we I know went our and, phone number. <laughs> when unlocked our lockbox, got the keys, and I had straight up ignored the people telling me to send the renters insurance. And she she walked in there and used the bathroom, and we started unloading, and we just moved right in. And we she walked she walks up to me, and she's like, "Why does this just always work? Things just work out." I don't know. Forget planning. God's yeah. got you. No, don't forget planning. <laughs> I'm saying you forget no, planning. No, <laughs> no. I just know that when I plan and I miss something or something goes awry, because not everything ever goes according to plan, God still works it out. Like, I don't understand it. I just know that, you know, I, Jesus, you. I love you. Thank you for having <laughs> my back, too. Um, But, yeah, guys, uh, that's... um. That's my testimony, and I really hope it's, you know, reached someone and helped someone. Uh, yeah. You don't have to go through things alone, and you, know. you can lean on Jesus for your hope and your future. And and Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. See you later, guys. See you next week.